This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf. And we have a surprise guest today, Amanda Tillman, coming to us from Toronto with her dog, Riley. We had something very exciting happening over the weekend. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So tell my listeners, drum roll, what happened this weekend to Amanda's world? Uh, My dog, Riley, gave birth to 10 beautiful, healthy puppies. Wow. And it was amazing. So I was out dancing Saturday night, came in late, had a long bath, went to bed very, very late. And it's seven in the, no, four in the morning, my time, seven in the morning, your time. I got an emergency phone call. Deb, will you please talk to my friend? Her dog's in trouble. And so that's how I met Amanda. And I'm glad I did, Amanda. I'm so happy you were there to assist. I was a bit panicked. Well, not a bit, very much so. Well, okay. So for everybody listening, let's first describe the romance. You have Riley. Tell them about Riley and tell them about her husband. (laughs) So (laughs) Riley is our Labradoodle. She's five and a half years old. Um, She was starting to kind of slow down a bit. So we looked into getting a Malamute and um, we weren't going to get the Malamute right away. We were going to wait until after we moved, but we found him and he was a singleton. He was just absolutely perfect. So we brought him home. We did not plan on having puppies, actually. Um, I had Riley's spaying appointment booked two weeks after two of them had mated. So it just kind of happened like that. But it was love at first sight. As soon as we brought Riley to go and pick up Winter from his previous owners, and uh, we kind of got nervous as we pulled up to the house thinking Riley was going to reject this puppy. But the moment she saw him, she just went right after him and started licking him. He was actually a bit turned away. He was a little bit nervous. Who's this dog, right? But um, Well, and no, as just... a singleton, he would be because a puppy born yes. with no siblings isn't used to being played with or touched or exactly. anything. It's pretty, pretty alienating experience to be a singleton yes. puppy. So did she make up for it? <laughs> she did, yeah. She kind of just took him under her wings and taught him everything. She really kind of became his mother at first. And then as he got older, I kind of see there was like a little bit of a romance going on. They were kind of inseparable. And uh, one thing led to the other. And here we are with 10 puppies. Well, okay. So if you're listening and you're in the Toronto area and you were considering getting a puppy and you believe that mutts have hybrid vigor and you would like a mutt, now's your opportunity for for the product of a true love match. Amanda, do you have a Facebook site where they can uh, check this out? I do. Yes. I've got my page. It's Chasing Pink Skies and Butterflies. It's uh, a page that I've been sharing my outdoor adventures on, and I'm going to be sharing everything about this puppy, new puppy journey of ours. Right on. Okay, so if you want to see this, check that out. I'll also be posting pictures on my Facebook Camp Good Dog site. All right, so we have a unique opportunity to ask Amanda all about what it's like to be just a normal person who all of a sudden has to midwife 10 puppies. So we're going to come back from break and talk about that. Stay tuned on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. 
bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, you're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. And we are talking to Amanda Tillman, who's just a normal dog owner, like everyone else listening to the show, not a breeder, not experienced, not a vet tech. So, how was it delivering 10 puppies, Amanda? How did that go? Like, what was, did anything surprise you? Yes, it was a bit wild. So I had everything planned out. I had the whelping box that I put together organized. I had all the towels, all the medical supplies. I had written out a whole list of instructions just in case I wasn't home for the birth. I ended up not being home for five of the puppies being born. I was actually overnight camping trip in Niagara. Uh, I got the call at 4 a.m. Sunday morning that the first puppy had been born. She was born at 3.55. So my husband and my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, was there to, to assist with the first five puppies that were born within the first two hours which was just wild. So as as that was happening, I was kind of on the phone with them, giving them any guidance I could, uh, telling them where everything was, reassuring them that I was on my way. So I just kind of left my camper, left all my camping gear, rushed home, and I got home for the birth of number six. So 7.45 a.m. was when that puppy was born. It went pretty smoothly, exactly what I was expecting. Uh, I had watched a lot of videos on YouTube and done so much reading the two months leading up to this so I I did feel very prepared it wasn't until number eight was born and that's actually when I got you involved that I did not know what to do so I did know that if I had to cut the umbilical cord I had to tie it off in two places and then use dental floss to tie it Um, the problem was she had the Riley had cut the cord a bit too short well very, very short. It was all the way down to the abdomen and the puppy was bleeding. There was gushing blood coming out of this puppy's tummy and I did not know what to do. So I did what like instincts told me to do, which was hold the puppy in a towel and I pressed gauze on the belly. Mm -hmm. And that's when I reached out to my friends, Amy, who then got me in contact with you because I I was very scared at that moment that we were going to lose that puppy um, because there was just nothing to tie off to stop this bleeding. And it is a lot of blood. It can be really alarming. Um, and the puppy is so small and so fragile. And you just think, what do I do? Like, you don't. Yes. But, okay. So what did you do? <laughs> well, I got you on the phone, thankfully. Yeah, well, that's true. And, yeah. But then. Yeah, you- and Sorry. And I did have the gauze on it and the bleeding did stop. And I noticed that it was kind of clotting. And that's when mm-hmm. you told me to give the puppy back to Riley and have her lick it. And that's exactly what she did. And. The bleeding stopped, the puppy started nursing, and all was well. 
It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Like she just, the mama dog who's never, ever had a litter and never seen one born just somehow knows exactly what to do. It's astonishing. It was incredible. Like even that complication with cutting the cord too short and having it bleeding and you're trying all the first aid stuff, you know, oh, she just takes it two seconds later. (laughs) She's got the blood stopped. Her tongue has perfect pressure, perfect rhythm, right? Like she just knows how. It's so amazing. So whenever people ask me for help in the middle of birthings and whelpings, I often remind them, let the mother do as much as she's willing. Like really don't take anything away from her that she's willing to do because they're always better at it than we are. And sometimes the mom gets exhausted and you have to help. And I think, did you have that with a few pups where she just didn't lift her head even to clean them? Did did you have the seventh one? Yeah. Yeah. She was really, really exhausted. And I had to really encourage her to, I said, here, get the baby, get the baby, (laughs) click the baby, you know, and putting it right in front of her face. But yeah, she was very, very tired. They do. And so sometimes a, a mom does need help. If you take over, Sometimes she'll give up. She'll just let you do yes. it all. And that's not ideal. You want her doing as much as possible because she's she's got the best way to do all of it. And also it just helps so much with her getting the rest born. And all of the hormones are conditional upon this sort of cleaning and eating and nursing and all of it progresses the whole labor. So you don't want to halt anything by taking over. So I'm glad you did that. And then the other thing I told you that was, I know you didn't do it and it's really key, but I always make sure to tell people don't pull anything. And you did it. No, it's very tempting though, isn't it? Like you think, (laughs) you think if I just pull on that little cord, the baby will be born or the placenta will come out or it, it looks like you would be helping, but you're not helping. You never pull anything because it could tear. So that was an important thing that you stuck with. Okay, so we're going to go to another break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about these puppies. Stay tuned on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. on Animal Party Pet Life Radio, and we're talking to Amanda Tillman, a new dog grandma, I guess, to to Riley's 10 pups. And so if you're listening, a lot of times breeders will take their dog for an x-ray ahead of time or an ultrasound ahead of time, and then they have a rough idea, and I really say rough idea, of how many pups are going to come. Normally, it's off by at least two. 
So I actually used to do it for all my litters and now I don't anymore because it just gives me this false confidence that we're done when we're not done. Because usually there's a pup or two hiding from the x-ray, hiding from the ultrasound. So one thing that, you know, when you think about a human birth, you think about this baby coming out pretty naked, right? But with the puppies, they don't come out like that, do they? They're they're in their sack still. Was that strange for you? Uh, it definitely was bizarre. I had watched a lot of videos, so I, I did know that they were going to come out like that, but it was a surreal experience. <laughs> it's like a little space baby and it's a little space bubble, yes. you know, and, and it's all perfect. Once you rip it open, okay, now it has to breathe and the cord has to be cut. Now, while it's in there, it's like this peaceful, timeless little, I mean, you almost hate to hate to end it because it's so perfect in there. Sometimes human babies are born like that too. And that's called a mermaid's purse in slang when a, when a human baby is born inside the sack. Um, but with dogs, it's, it's really, really common. Like out of the 10 puppies, you probably had seven or eight within their sacks, I'm guessing. Was yes. it about that? Yeah. And then maybe the Most last of them couple came out like that. And like the last couple, maybe not. Is that how it went? No, well, I, I wasn't here for the first five, but I think they all did come out in their in their sacks. And um I guess just number ten was the one who was kind of half out and when when the sack broke. Um, right. But most of them did come out with their sacks like mostly intact. Did you have any um of them where the sack was so much more difficult to break open than the others? Did you have any like that? Well, the first one, I did watch the video and she kind of plopped it down and then it laid there on the ground before she went for it. It took a, a minute or two before she actually went and broke the sack. And that one looked like it took her a little while to, to get it open and, and get it all cleaned up. Probably she wasn't that good at it yet, too. Right. Yes, um, I think so. <laughs> She's like, like, what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And and you're lucky she recognized that this was her puppy. A lot of times I find even with experienced mothers, the first puppy gets ignored and then the second puppy's born. And then all of a sudden it's like a light goes on and they're like, wait a minute, I have two puppies. I better take care of them. You know, so sometimes you have to actually hold the first puppy and wait till the hormones kick in. Sometimes they don't have milk right away either. Did she have her milk right away? I think so. Like her, her nipples got um, quite big the a couple of days leading up to the birth, and the puppies all started nursing pretty much instantly. Oh, uh, that's so good. I'm not sure if she actually had the milk come in or just colostrum, but there was something there. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Sometimes a mama dog will be leaking a couple of days before she delivers, um, cleaning herself, mm. licking it. Sometimes other dogs will be uh, having a nice little snack, going <laughs> going up and cleaning her up before before the birth. But a lot of times the milk doesn't come till the second puppy. And so, you know, you, people get very worried. Oh my God, she's not feeding them. What's happening? Hang on. It's okay. Wait till <laughs> the second puppy. You know, they, they are, um, when they're born, they've just been fed. They're not hungry, starving, needing air. They're not eating anything when they're right inside their sack. But the second you open it, now they need air right? And the second you cut that cord, now they can't get any nutrition from the mother anymore. So now they're on their own. And so ideally, within an hour or so of being born, a pup would nurse. And you kind of, as the pups come out, you're watching for the placenta, because you want to make sure that that um, at the end of it all, after number 10, the last placenta leaves the mother. You would never want it to be still inside her. And so, but you don't know if puppy four is the last pup or puppy five is the last. So every single time you have to watch and make sure 
that placenta comes out. And so that's really important. And I know with your dog, did it happen right away? How did that go? No. So she, um, she really surprised us. So the ninth puppy was born at 10.07 a.m. And we thought that was it because we were only expecting four. <laughs> so and we're this like, is okay, like not- you were expecting four because of why were you expecting the ultrasound? Oh, yeah, the ultrasound oh. only showed four. So I was thinking maybe four, five at the most. Well, so, there's $2,000 yes. well spent. Hey, I okay. know, right? <laughs> so, so after number nine, um, every, every, all the puppies were, were taken care of. They were all nursing. Um, I was still watching Riley. Riley seemed to be calming down. She wasn't really panting much anymore. So I thought, okay, we're done. Around 1.30 p.m., I was going to take a nap. So I like got everything ready and I was going to lay down right beside the whelping box. And as soon as I did, my daughter came. This was at 2 p.m. And she comes and looks in the whelping box and she goes, there's another puppy coming out. <laughs> I thought, what? So another puppy was born uh, at 2 p.m., the last one. And the placenta did not come out for that one. Right. Um, we had been watching all the placentas and marking them. She was eating them very quickly. But I know for a fact that the number 10 did not come out. And that was at 2 p.m. So I was very concerned about that. Watching Riley all day, uh, I kept taking her out as you advised me to on the leash and um, about every two hours I was taking her out for a pee and watching for I don't know another puppy to come out or a placenta nothing it wasn't until 2 a.m and oh sorry let me backtrack a bit I was following your advice and I was rubbing her belly from the head to tail um, I did insert two fingers as you advised me to do to try to stimulate nothing was working uh, so I went to bed at 12 a.m at 2 a.m I woke up to bring her out and just like you told me to do, I had a flashlight with me to watch what came out <laughs> as she peed. And sure enough, the placenta came out and I had a huge sigh of relief. Oh, I'm sure you were <laughs> hollering. And the, I can finally yeah. sleep. Yes. I was so, so happy. So <laughs> proud of her. Oh, and I'm sure she felt better because you, you can't have that inside you. That that would, you know, they get infected, they get problems. So it's good you you made sure. And they're so tired. She would have probably just slept all night with that insider, and you don't want that. So it's good you made sure. The reason I told you, I mean, it seems so mean. You've got this dog. She's absolutely exhausted from labor. She's got all these puppies she's nursing, and all she wants to do is stay with them. And I'm telling you, stick a leash on her and drag her outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I She have did not to? like that. <laughs> no. But the thing is, that's what I think that's what got it moving to get puppy nine yeah. and t- puppy 10. So sometimes, especially with a long labor, like if 10 puppies, 11, 12, 14, the mom will get exhausted midway and just stop moving. And she's not really aware that there's more to come. So if you can just get her out and she you know, urinates a little bit, things get moving inside, a lot of times that will just be the catalyst to start her into labor again. She'll come back in and have the rest of the pups. You don't want them in there too long. So the, the rule of thumb is an hour. Now, two hours is fine too, but after an hour, if a puppy, you know, say you have puppy number two come and you know there's more in there and it's been an hour, I would take her out for a little walk, always on leash, right? Like not a walk around the block, a walk in your own (laughs) yard, right? It's just to try and get her to pee. And then after she pees, you take her right back to the pups and usually that'll do the trick. She'll jump right back in and go right back to nursing and, and 
and having another baby or getting rid of a placenta, but it gets things moving. So she does, or even just switching her side, like she'll be lying on her left side, feeding them. If you just get her up and move her to her right side, sometimes the puppies will start coming again. So it's really good you did that. I felt terrible telling you to do that because I could just tell <laughs> she didn't want to go. She really didn't. No, right? I had to pull her hard. Yeah. <laughs> and she's looking at you like you're insane. Like, don't mm -hmm. you see? I have puppies. Why are you pulling me outside? What is wrong with you, human? You know, she thinks you're like just mistaken. Excuse me, but <laughs> I'm busy. Hello. <laughs> so, okay. So your daughter, that must have been a true mind-blowing experience for that little girl. Oh, yes. She was just kind of in heaven. She loved it. She really liked all of the instructions that I wrote down for her. She kept coming and checking the whelping box leading up to the birth. Mm -hmm. um, she was watching like my temperature readings and like she was really on top of all of it and watching Riley's symptoms. So during the birth, she was really hands on helping my husband, Troy. She helped after the puppies came out to weigh them. She was just she's just amazing. She did so well. It's an experience. I mean, most kids never have. And if you think about it, like when I had my first child, I don't think I'd ever seen a birth, you know, like your daughter's when she's becomes a mom, she's going to be so much more uh, aware of what's going on than most of her peers, right? She's going to know exactly what to expect. I mean, she's seen it 10 times now, right? Like that's what it is. And uh, it does make us humans seem like we don't have quite as difficult a road, don't you think, in some ways? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. In some ways. But then, like whenever, you know, when I was pregnant and my dog was pregnant at the same time in 2005, I uh, was pregnant for nine, 10 months. She was pregnant for two months, right? Then we both had our babies. She had her babies, 10 puppies, March 18th, 2005. I had my daughter, one daughter, <laughs> March 19th, 2005. <laughs> two months later, my daughter was pretty much the same, you know, not a lot of change, right? Her puppies were running around, eating, drinking, like learning, ready to go to new homes, like almost like graduation day for my daughter, which is now 18 years later. <laughs> so, um, you know, so in some ways they seem to have an easier road. And also the other thing is, I mean, I know you just saw it all, right? You saw her panting, which is so much like the, Lamaze breathing, we're all supposed to learn, you know, that he, he, who, who. How does she know that without the class? I don't know. But um, the dogs, they just, they just seem. I had a golden Sophie, the same golden as, as when my daughter was born. Uh, a couple of years later, she was having a litter. And between puppy five and puppy six, she ran outside and brought me a tennis ball. Like uh -huh. she wanted to play, you know? And I was comparing that to like when I was in labor, would I have said to my husband at the time, hey, let's let's go for let's go play tennis. No, I would not. Right. Let's go play catch. Oh, let's go for a jog. No, in the middle of labor. So I have to think that it's different for them. You know, they just seem so much more in sync with themselves and they they just <laughs> they just seem to handle it so, so well. I, I really uh, wish birth for humans was more like birth for dogs. I do. Tell me about it. <laughs> so, so okay. So, what does your daughter think? Is she, um, is she wanting to become a veterinarian? Maybe. <laughs> 
Well, I'm not sure. She has talked about it. She she loves pets just as much as I do. Uh, so only time will tell. She's interested in science too. So we're trying to foster all all aspects of her interests. I would love if she became a vet. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's that was always my dream for my kids. Didn't happen though. But um, <laughs> are you going to be able to like prepare something from the experience for her to take to school next year for show and tell and that kind of thing? Yeah, that would be oh, a great good. idea. Oh, good. Like do yeah. like a video clips. And I mean, because most of her friends are going to be just blown away that she got to do this. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's been so excited telling it's all her really friends about impressive. it. It's really impressive. So what's happening for Riley now? You're going to have the puppies. She's going to nurse them. Is she going to get spayed? Yes. <laughs> she <laughs> is. don't okay. want to have any more puppies. She's five and a half. Um, so we'll get her spayed. Okay. And what about um, Mr. Romeo there, the husky? What's <laughs> happening with him? Is he going to get He's neutered? Yes, too. <laughs> yes to both of them. Uh, he's actually a Malamute Merima. Oh, um, oh wow. So he's, he's quite yeah. large and, and beautiful. Um, but yeah, we're we're going to keep one of these puppies. We're thinking we're going to keep a female. And I don't know, given with this, this experience, I might want to have more puppies in the future um, with oh. the female that we keep. But the two that we have now, Riley and Winter, will definitely be getting their operations. It's an odd mix, Malamute Merima, because I mean, normally Malamute would not be trusted around chickens, livestock, and Merima are livestock dogs. So you've kind of got a yeah. hunter and a and a protector in the same dog. What do you think you got with him? Is he is he both? Will he chase ducks at the park or will he protect them? Both. Both. He is, oh no, he he's conflicted. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on if he likes them or not. Oh, no. All right. Well, actually, you could work with that because he could become the kind of dog who protects his own animals. But um, yes. do you have a cat? We've got two cats and a okay. bunny. Oh, okay. So what's he like with all that? Is he friendly and social and protective? He is. Yeah, he's pretty good with them. Like He's curious and wants to play with them, but he hasn't shown any signs of aggression towards them. And he's he's absolutely fabulous with the children, too. Oh, nice. He's a, well, it sounds he's a great like you, calm dog. Yeah, it sounds like you got more Merima than Malamute in there, which is good, yeah. good for your situation. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Riley. So, what is she? She's Labradoodle. Is that? Yeah, she's a Labradoodle. Her mom's a Black Lab, and her dad's a Golden Poodle. She was the runt of the litter, so she has more uh, like of the lab in her. She doesn't have the curly fur. Okay. Um, and she she's smaller. She was smaller than all the other pups, like being the runt. So I'm I'm kind of guessing that that's why she got the different fur because all of her other siblings had the curly labradoodle fur except for her. Aww. Um, so yeah, that's Miss Riley. <laughs> okay, so she's small. Dad's huge. What size are these puppies? Are they a problem for her, or they just slipped out easy? No. They were, they're so small. They're smaller than I thought they were going to be. That that was one of my concerns with her being only 45 pounds and him over 100. Oh my um, God. He's a 100 pounder and he's not even yep. adult yet? Like he's still growing? Nope. Oh, no, mm -hmm. no, no. <laughs> yep. It was very difficult for me to canoe with him by myself. Canoe? He won't yes. paddle. Oh my goodness. No. Nope. Dead weight in the boat. Probably oh, totally. And he, he, he he enjoyed um, shifting his weight from side to side yes. and, and really putting me to the test. Unpredictable movement. Fantastic. That's what you want in a boating partner. Just <laughs> totally. every once in a while, lunge to the side. Oh, fantastic. 
out here, he'd be looking at seals and all kinds of things. He'd be giving you a really rough ride, I think, probably jumping in. Oh, my in. gosh. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. <laughs> I struggled on a little lake. So, okay, so with Riley's puppies, what I think we talked about this yesterday, but I don't know if it's changed mm. since yesterday. What's the smallest weight and the biggest weight? And we've got a big okay, difference, so, don't we? Yeah, so we, we the heaviest one is um, 16.2 ounce and the lightest was 11.3. Okay, so that doesn't seem like a lot, you know, when you hear it like that, but uh, it is a lot because... Yes. One one puppy is half again bigger than the other, right? And in a week, probably the big puppy will be double the size of the smallest. And then in two weeks, it might even be triple the size. So it's going to keep growing, growing, growing. And it's not, they're not going to, the little ones aren't going to keep up. So it's partly because mom is so small and dad is so big that some of them are going to get the size from dad and some of them are going to get the size from mom. Sort of like my children, actually. My daughter's five feet <laughs> and I'm five two. And my son is six foot three, I believe. And my ex is over six feet. So, you know, it's genetics. You get something. You don't necessarily get the average between your two parents. You might be the height of your mother. You might be the height of your father. So some of these pups have dad size happening. Mm -hmm. And some of the pups have mom size happening, which isn't really a problem unless the big ones start pushing the little ones out of the way. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what they're going to do. So what yes. I would suggest for this is, um, you know, I'm all, I'm always really reluctant to introduce formula or anything artificial or take over for the mom in any way. So it, it's good to buy it and have it on hand in case you need it. But what I would suggest instead is just remove the bigger puppies so the little ones have a chance to feed by themselves. And not just one puppy. You don't take just the weakest. You take a few of the smaller ones and put them on the nipples all together. So they're kneading her with their paws and they're stimulating the milk and all the milk will come and the weakest ones will get. And then she can feed the other ones later. So you kind of set her up to do two feedings. Um, and she'll start to do that herself as well. But, you know, they can't see, they can't hear, they're pushing and and they're sort of like little footballers, little sumo wrestlers. And those big ones will push the little ones out of the way. So you do have to <laughs> give the little ones an opportunity to nurse and you shouldn't have a problem because she's got 10 nipples, 10 puppies, lots of milk. Feed her and feed her and feed her. Whatever she likes to eat, she gets right now. You know, you can look at the back of a dog food bag, like a really expensive dog food. Look at the ingredients and anything on there. It'll say stuff like um, blueberries, yogurts, cottage cheese, like all kinds of stuff you wouldn't maybe think of feeding your dog. Anything <laughs> like that. Throw it in the kibble. Add it to the add it to the bowl. Let her eat whatever she likes. If she likes pumpkin, give her pumpkin. If she likes yams, go for yams. If she likes apples, go for apples. Anything she likes, in addition to her regular food, as long as it's healthy, and because um, she's going to need it, she's going to be producing so much milk. She's going to drop weight alarmingly fast. So keep her really, really well fed, because that's a lot okay. of puppies for a forty five pound dog, and especially if. Half of them are destined to be a hundred pounders. She's I she's know. gonna need to eat, 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 and probably eat more than she wants to eat. So that's why you need to tempt her with some of these it's extra. <laughs> I'll do that for sure. Well, okay. So everyone listening, we're gonna let Amanda Tillman go back to Riley and take care of all those puppies. And we are gonna post pictures. So check out my Facebook page. Uh, you know what? I think I'll even put a video on YouTube. So check out Deb Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube. I'll put one of the videos on there that Amanda sent me. 
And well, before we go, though, Amanda, have you got any questions yes. for me? Um, I think you've covered most most of them for me already, just uh, with our text messages back and forth. But um, yeah, if I can, th if I think of anything, I'll, I'll I'll message you again. I'm sure. I know there was one moment where you called because there was something uh, like a string you you thought, but green oh, hanging yes. out she of her. That, that <laughs> yes, that was before her placenta had passed, and she had this weird green string hanging out of her. Okay, so green is a normal color during birth. People get really alarmed by it. It's not infection. It's actually the color of the amniotic fluid, the stuff that the puppy's been living off of, the food inside the sack that the puppy's been living off of. And each puppy gets born inside a sack normally with all that green fluid in there. And sometimes if the puppy's white or blonde, it'll actually get stained green from the fluid. Not, don't worry about it. None of that matters. The green fluid doesn't matter. None of it. And so then, you know, you open the sack or mom opens the sack. She cleans it all up. She cleans around the nose and the eyes and the mouth so the puppy can breathe. Then she goes and cleans around the umbilical cord and cuts it with her teeth and licks it till it stops bleeding. And then she usually leaves it and goes on to the next pup and comes back to it a little later. And soon that pup will find a nipple and nurse. And that's, that's ideal. And then the placenta drops out of her. She will either eat that or leave it for you to just to get rid of. And um, it's very rich in nutrients. It, it keeps her going through the birthing process. So if she wants to eat it, you should let her eat it. If she doesn't want to eat it, you should clean it up because she has a desire to keep that area clean to avoid predators. So you you want to help her with that. But um, but what was that that thing that you're describing was probably just um, an umbilical cord or a, a thread of tissue from one of these, you know, the sac or the placenta or something like that. And that I, I just told you, don't pull, don't pull, don't do anything. And of course she went in and cleaned it all up and it was gone anyway. So that's what you want. You want mom to do everything. Like Whelping puppies is a very messy process. I'm wondering how many loads of laundry do you think uh, <laughs> you you did? I am still doing the laundry. Oh, two um, days there later. Were, <laughs> yeah, there were three large loads of the towels that we were using and I had all of our old towels ready to go and we started pulling from the new towels oh, too because no. we just kept changing and kept changing and that's totally fine <laughs> yeah yes, lots well, of lots of laundry it's funny how your priorities change in the middle of a whelping grab anything yeah help you know it's get like, that it's... beautiful new towel i don't care <laughs> grab the bedspread from grandma <laughs> the old heirloom quilt get it we need it puppy's cold <laughs> Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, so they're they're all good now, right? All are all are nursing. First, you noticed that all were breathing, and then all were nursing, and they're all warm. You had a heating pad there. You had a whelping pen so that mom doesn't accidentally squish any puppies. Everything was set up. I mean, I saw your setup ahead of time. I saw the pictures <laughs> yes. and everything because. Uh, I was warned that this, you know, this was going on. But um, yeah. it, it's very important you do that because a lot of people don't do that. They just get a box or, you know, maybe a, a, the bottom of a dog crate and everything goes well and they put all this energy into it. And the mom has been carrying the pups two months and beautiful pups come out. And then the next day they, they wake up to a dead puppy because the mom sat on it. Not her fault. She's absolutely no, exhausted. So, you know, the piggy rail is and i've i i have um on my youtube channel i have descriptions of how to make it and i have uh 
photographs and videos of it, but because you can do it yourself. But it's basically I did do just, it myself. Yeah. Oh, good. I did. Yeah. It's it's basically just a, a something to stop mom from accidentally lying on the pups, and it goes all the way around the the pen that you're using about three or four inches from the floor. And it stops her from going all the way to the edge. So if the puppy needs to, it can squirm its way to the edge and escape her weight. And and it yep. works, works 100% work. of the time. And it's amazing how those pups can do that, how they can wiggle. It's amazing what they can do already, isn't it? Yeah, they're incredible. I'm just watching them right now. I'm just in shock. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that everything turned out well. And soon their ears are open and their eyes will open and... It's your daughter's just going to have the best summer. It's going to be so fun. I guess I did think of a question. Um, oh. I read that one in five puppies will die within the first three weeks. Is that a statistic that I should take to heart or like, take no. it with a grain of salt? Okay. Take it with a grain of salt. That I, okay. no, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, normally one or two might die during uh, the birth or within a day or two. And then usually, I find that's it. Those are your losses. Sometimes if you have a very sickly puppy and you're working to try and fix it, remedy it, help it, cure it, you know, maybe like I had one that had paralyzed legs once. I mean, sometimes you have problems and yeah, that puppy can die later on. But normally if you've got healthy, robust puppies and you've got a good piggy rail and your mama is well-fed and happy and safe and calm and doting, no, nothing's going to happen to those puppies. They're going to be great. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, good. Because I'm yeah. attached to all of them already. <laughs> and I'm sure your all. daughter is. That's really the, oh, yeah. the tricky part. She's going to maybe have a hard time selling them. It's going to be tough. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of work to find the right families. And we are going to keep one. But yeah, it'll be tough to give away all these puppies. I'd like to just take them all and have a pack of dogs in the woods. But my husband told oh, me I you can't do that. No, in six weeks, you won't think that when they're, <laughs> when I bet, each, I know, each, I'm sure I'm going to be so sick of them. Each puppy so will poop, yes, each puppy will poop four times a day, every single one of them, that's 40, okay? No, you're going to be like, <laughs> bye, have a good life, I'm so happy you found your puppy. <laughs> good, good, it's I hope that that puppies. is the case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much for joining me, Amanda, I think you probably need some rest. So I'll let you go. I'll let you go back to it. It was so great talking to you. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And thank you. Thank oh, you no for problem. all your help. Honestly, no I, I truly appreciate it. It was a terrific Saturday morning. I was so satisfied by noon. I was like, yes, 10 puppies. <laughs> nice. And I don't have yeah. any laundry. This was the best birth ever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, thank you, Amanda. Thanks. Bye now. All right, everybody on Pet Life Radio, that was Amanda Tillman, and she just had her first litter of puppies, as you heard. And if you want to see them, you can look at my Camp Good Dog Facebook page, or I will post videos on Deb Wolf Pet Expert YouTube. And from Amanda Tillman and me, Deb Wolf, and Pet Life Radio, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.